On this week's Studio Live Today podcast, we're talking about creating on a desktop or creating on a tablet. Yeah, it's the old debate of do you use a Mac or a PC or do you use an iPad or an iPhone or an Android tablet or whatever to create your music? We'll dive into that topic in just a moment. But if it's your first time here, who am I? What is this? My name is Pete. This is Studio Live Today and this is the Studio Live Today podcast. If you're watching the video version, I would love for you to subscribe to the channel, hit the thumbs up and leave your comments because I know many of you just on that topic sentence are already racing to the comment section to tell me why PC is so far superior or why your iPad is your spirit animal. Either way is fine. I'll give you my opinion on this one, but all your opinions are valued and I'm sure varied. So uh, feel free to let me know what you think. If you're watching or if you're listening on the audio version, thank you. Please feel free to leave me a review or even just a rating, wherever you're listening to this podcast, on the Apple Podcast, or whatever podcast app you're listening to. And if you do want to subscribe to the podcast so you can listen on the go and hear me rant about all sorts of music-related topics, studiolivetoday.com slash podcast is the place to go. So, why am I talking about this this week? Well, for the last week... <laughs> I've spent a lot of time on the internet listening to or reading, more to the point, but listening to as well, watching videos and reading forum posts and going onto Facebook groups, and I'm hearing the same thing again and again and again. It's Logic Pro is coming to iPad, and there seems to be two people, two main types of folks. There are the folks who are super excited about this, who are sitting, waiting, shaking, anticipating that this is coming because they think it's going to be the best thing ever. This is going to revolutionize music creation. This is going to be the best digital audio workstation on iPad ever, and everything else is going to become obsolete. That's a very extreme opinion. And then we have the folks on the other side of the fence with an equally extreme opinion, which is that the subscription model is terrible. Apple are just out to get your money and they're money hungry and they're a horrible corporation. By the way, using an iPad is no good anyway. Why wouldn't I just buy a $500 Dell laptop and create using Cakewalk for free? People that use iPads, $3,000 iPads are pointless and why would you create using them? So as usual with all these sorts of debates, the reality lies somewhere in between. I think in the cold light of day, most of us are of the opinion that extreme views on one end of the spectrum or the other are usually not the right ones, or not even the right ones, but not the most, like, they're not going to conserve your energy and make you feel good and warm way down in your cockles. So for folks that are coming out and saying that Logic Pro is going to solve all of life's problems and you'll never use anything else again, you maybe need to just take a little bit of a chill pill and a relax. And on the same side, if you're right on the other end and if you're just spending all of your time in online forums telling people, I, I responded to a comment today, and my, my view on this is if you've got time to take time away from your music creation and your friends and your family and everything else you do in the world to have more than one sentence about why you will or won't use Logic Pro on an iPad, then you maybe need to take a long, hard look at what you're actually doing because I don't have that sort of time. I don't have the time to stop creating music, to stop doing what I'm doing on other platforms, to just sit back and wait for something or to sit back and just spread hate about something that... I'm not even going to use. And that's the bottom line here is if you're not going to use it, that's 100% fine. There are choices. You can be upset. You can be unhappy. You can be angry. You can have been looking forward to something like this happening and now you're devastated because it's a subscription model and you refuse to buy a subscription plan. 
Those things are all valid views and all valid opinions, but most of them can be expressed in one sentence, which is, I was looking forward to Logic Pro, but because it's a subscription model, I'm choosing not to buy it. End of. Why do, why do we need to go further? If other people are choosing to and spending their own money, pretty sure last time I checked, folks have the freedom to spend money in any way they want to and, and to be excited about it as well. But by the same token, like again, as I said at the before, if you're so excited about it that you're like, all right, I'm just scrapped all my GarageBand projects, I've thrown away my PC, I've thrown away my Mac, I'm buying a $7,000 decked out iPad Pro 12.9 inch with two terabytes of storage just so that I can only use Logic Pro for the rest of my life, maybe you're putting the cart before the horse a little bit because maybe you need to wait a few days. And for, for context, if you're listening to this in the future, Logic Pro may be out by now, but for folks that are listening to this as it's released, if you're watching the, the premiere, the live video, or if you're listening to this podcast in the first few days, Logic Pro on iPad is being released on the 23rd of May, and it is likely going to be one of the best digital audio workstations that we've ever seen on an iPad or on a mobile device. Which again, brings me back. This is going to be a ranty episode, just in case you're wondering. This is no structure here. I'm not talking, I'm not going through the 10 points you need to consider when you're choosing this. We're just going to be talking about this because it is, it's, it's, a, it's a passionate topic for many folks, but I wanted to break it down and try and bring some reasoned, logical debate into this so that we can all agree or agree to disagree and then get back to making music. Because isn't that the end game? Hands up whose end game is to create, record, and release their best music. That's my goal, and my goal on this channel, and this, through this podcast, and through all the tutorials, and through all the help that I give to folks, is to help you create, record, and release your best music. Now, I understand that there's people that get into music for other reasons. There's people that just love getting all the apps, all the plugins. They love playing around with things. They love whatever's new, and they love to dive in and dabble with things. And then there's other folks who like to actually just sit down and create, record and release and get a project out there and release it and get feedback and then do that again. Neither of those are wrong. There's room for everyone. But there seems to be, and again, it's a loud minority. Before you think John's is being super negative here, I appreciate that it is a loud minority. It is by far means not the majority of folks out there, but the loud minority that seem to be spending a lot of time. And I don't know whether they're doing this through validation, you know, that old thing that any attention is good attention, you know, the, the kid in class that would act up because maybe they weren't getting enough hugs at home, that sort of thing, or whether they genuinely are this concerned and this passionate about it. Maybe they're thinking, Johns, you need to stand up. You're, you're a corporate shill. You need to stand up to these corporations because they've got you by the short and curlies and you need to be out there ranting and raving and saying all these negative things as well. Maybe it's it's combination of those sort of things, or maybe they're just bored and they want something to do, and they want to be a muckraker, and they want to get reactions because that that's a lot of it, isn't it? A lot of the the online dopamine is you put something out there into the world, and you're like, whoa, this is gonna really upset. It's like the whole left wing right thing, wing thing. It's like, oh, if I put a thing out about gun control, all of my right wing friends are gonna come at me, or oh, if I put something out about about pronouns, all of my lefty friends are gonna come at me. Yeah, I'm sure there's a certain amount of that where people love, they enjoy the conflict. And hey, if you enjoy the conflict, I'm a little bit sad for you. But at the same time, you do you. And I mean, I'm, I'm burying the lead here because that's what I'm going to say at the end of the podcast as well, which is you do you. You make your own choices. 
you need to live by your own choices, whatever works for you. And let's start with that. Because whatever works for you in creating your best music is where I wanted to sort of start this conversation. Because this comes, the whole desktop versus mobile music creation thing comes from the original analog versus digital. Because did you know that before the iPad existed, before the iPhone existed, we were creating. Cakewalk existed for a long time. There were folks that used Mixmaster and folks that used all sorts of different digital audio workstations. I started on Screen Tracker um, and uh, Fast Tracker on the PC. Many of folks used an Atari ST or an Amiga. Where are my Amiga and Atari folks at? Yeah, so there's plenty of ways. Commodore 64. You could buy a keyboard that you put over the bread box keyboard of a Commodore 64, like a MIDI, a virtual type keyboard. So we've been able to create using uh, our computers for a very long time. And the original debate, before we got to this whole desktop versus, uh, versus a tablet debate or a mobile versus desktop, the debate was more around whether you liked analog or digital. And it still exists to a certain degree. There are still folks who record to tape, who have big mixing consoles, who will only record in quote-unquote professional studios and believe that analog gear is the best. And then there's folks who believe that analog is completely irrelevant, tape is pathetic, and everything should be digital. And again, the folks that get into those debates have the same problems that I outlined before about folks having the debates between your um, tablet and your desktop, as I whack the microphone. Audio professional at work here. People say I use my hands too much. If you're watching the video version, you're probably agreeing right now. And because I'm a contrarian a little bit myself, now I want to use my hands even more as I discuss this. So early on it was, ah, oh, analog versus digital. We're now at the point where, yes, look, there is still a subset of folks who are still recording to tape. There's a subset of folks who are still using analog gear, outboard gear, particularly in big studios. Maybe you've got outboard compressors or you've got outboard limiters or you've got outboard EQs and reverb units and delays and whatever. But the vast majority of folks are using most of their stuff, what we call in the box. So most people are using digital. And that's kind of where we're going to start with this because that's a whole separate conversation. We can have another day. Would you like us to do that? Should we do an analog versus digital podcast one day? Maybe. But what we're talking about here on this one is desktop versus iOS or, you know, mobile in general. Because Android is still something that a lot of folks use. I know not as many as, as use iOS, but Android is out there. So the desktop arguments. Why should you use a desktop? You get a nice, nice large screen. Okay, cool. You get either a laptop or a desktop computer that has a heap of ports. That makes it easy to connect up your gear. You've got USB ports, USB-C ports, Thunderbolt ports. You can plug everything in. You've got power because it's a powered device. Either a laptop you can plug in or a desktop you can plug in. And you've got a mouse and a keyboard. So it sounds like that's all great things that we all need, right? Yeah, yeah, everyone needs to have all those things. And we'll talk about which of those we can actually use on a mobile setup as well, because you might be surprised. If you're new to mobile recording, you might be surprised just how many of those things you can actually do with your mobile gear too. But for someone who loves that, who loves having a 32-inch monitor and who loves having a mixer or a big audio interface and loves to have lots of plugins in their DAWs and lo loves to use keyboard shortcuts and, and their mouse and, and keyboard to click around and to use big, big chunky faders and lots and lots of VSTs and audio unit instruments and all the rest of it, that might be exactly what you want. Now, mobile creating is different because it started from a different place. And if we were talking 10 years ago, I would 100% agree that quality was an issue. So the quality of audio that you get between your desktop and between a mobile setup used to be 
an issue because quality on mobile used to be less. Just simple facts like the processors that we had on iPhones and iPads were not good enough. You could only get 16-bit audio up to 44.1 kilohertz, so you weren't going to get 24-bit. You couldn't do 96 or 192 or any of that sort of stuff. You could only get that kind of quality sound. And it was very difficult to get high-quality audio gear plugged in. And the sort of audio gear that was made for mobile really wasn't that great it plugged into your headphone remember the original iRigs that plugged into your headphone jack that you had an analog input and it just it never sounded quite right did it well in my opinion it never it always had a little bit too much noise a little bit too much interference and you never got that crystal clear sound that you get from a digital setup again maybe some people liked it maybe the analog sound was okay whereas you skip forward a few years and we've kind of closed the gap the gap between desktop and mobile is now more about the interface and it's more about the applications you use and what type of a creator you are. Do you prefer the big screens and using the mouse and the keyboard or do you like having a touch interface? Do you like being able to actually touch and move things around and use the touchscreen keyboard and play the drums in by tapping on your screen? Do you like using something like Ableton or Live Loops that is more of a loop-based creation program and again do you want to do that on a desktop or do you want to do that on a mobile device whereas the quality has actually caught up to the point where now for apple the ipad that i have sitting in front of me has the same in fact a better chip than the mac that i'm using so if i'm using uh, GarageBand or eventually logic pro very soon on my ipad it's actually got more power than my Mac does, and actually more storage space too, but that's another story for another day. So you've got the ability to record and you've got the same sort of processing power on both. Yes, you have a different interface in terms of a touchscreen versus a desktop. And this is why I'm gonna go off on a small tangent here because if we're talking about Logic Pro, Logic Pro coming to iPad versus Logic Pro on the Mac, I was watching a video and I forget the creator, I'm sorry, uh, but there's been similar videos by other creators and they were saying their concern with Logic Pro on the iPad is it's not going to exactly replicate Logic Pro on the Mac. And look, I'm paraphrasing, they didn't say it exactly like that, so apologies for the paraphrase. But they were basically saying that you, if you're using a professional studio where you've got VST instruments, where you've got a big screen, you've got a mouse and a keyboard, you've got a bunch of gear that requires maybe some complex drivers that are not class compliant, therefore you can't plug them into an iPad. You've got a bunch of SSDs, like external storage with your contact libraries and all of your native instrument stuff. Is that all going to be able to lift and shift over to an iPad? And the answer is a fairly resounding no. And I actually think that that's okay. I don't personally have a problem with that because I think if if Apple tried to make it, similar with GarageBand, if Apple tried to take GarageBand on Mac and replicate exactly that on GarageBand iOS, it would be a mess because there's so many little fiddly bits where you have to click things in. A touch interface is always going to be maybe simplified is not the right word, but it's going to be different. There's going to be different ways you get to things. You're going to have to have more layers and levels. You can't, for instance, have one giant pane with 20 checkboxes that you're expected to just go through and tap because if you've got big sausage fingers like me, even if you're using the Apple Pencil or something like that, it still doesn't make it the easiest thing in the world to actually set all of your options. So you're going to need sort of more layers. You're going to need more big buttons. You're going to need the ability to move things around because you won't have the screen real estate and to actually make a change instead of pointing and clicking you need to be able to touch now that all being said 
iPad has done a few things lately that's further reduced that gap. We now have mouse support. We have done for a while. We now have keyboard support. You can plug in a USB or a Bluetooth mouse and keyboard to your iPad and use those. No problems at all. And with the more recent M1 and M2 iPads, with the external display support, you can now externally display your iPad to a large monitor. And it will do things like you can extend your screen or you can mirror your screen, but you can utilize all of that screen real estate. So you can actually move things around. And with Stage Manager, you can do even more with moving and having multiple windows and other things as well. So it's getting to the point where there's not that much difference, but the key differences are going to be there. And I'm going to take a tangent of Tangent upon a tangent here. So I'm going to go getting a bit inception here. So while we're talking about the whole Logic Pro not being the same on a Mac and an iPad, the other thing I wanted to talk about is that it shouldn't be. Like it doesn't have to be. I don't think that you're going to do the same thing. The reason being that there's actually more of a focus now from Apple, I think, and from creators in general on the creator economy. I know I'm using some wank words there. I apologize if you're playing, if you're playing Studio Live Today podcast bingo. I've used warm cockles and I've used wanky. And uh, yeah, there's, there's a few other things that you can add to your list. So yes, the creator economy, that's the other one. The creator economy means people like me. I, I'm a professional because I make a living from doing what I do, but I'm not a professional by the old world way, which is someone who produces artists in a studio to with the sole purpose of getting like the best possible CD out there that's going to get on Spotify playlists and that's going to win Grammys. Like, as, despite what ChatGPT says, which I think last time I asked it, it said I'm a Grammy award winning producer, which is always a bit funny. I'm not, and I don't have any plans to be. But if you are, and this is the thing, if you're a Grammy award-winning producer or if you're producing major artists in your studio, would you switch from a Mac to an iPad just because it's there? No. No, you wouldn't. You'd continue using the setup that you've got because that's what works for you. But for a lot of us, the weekend warriors, the creators that maybe we're already using GarageBand on iPads and iPhones, maybe we've dabbled in Cubasis or Aurea Pro, maybe we've got a Mac, an M1 or an M2, and we're dabbling in GarageBand Mac and Logic Pro, but we don't have, we're not ingrained in an infrastructure. We're not ingrained in a particular app and a way of working. For us, Logic Pro on iPad is going to be pretty darn cool because we're going to have the ability, if we've got a Mac, you can go between the two. So there's no reason that you can't go between the two. But the, the challenge that a professional, as opposed to a creator, is going to have is you can't use your contact libraries. You can't use all your VST instruments. You can't have terabytes and terabytes of samples that you can have access to at your fingertips at any time because... Even though you can, you can you can do all this stuff. You can plug in SSD drives. You can have a powered USB hub. You can have audio interfaces and mixers and microphones and MIDI keyboards. It's not as easy and as streamlined. And this will be version 1.0. Don't forget, this is version 1.0 of Logic Pro. So it is not going to be fully baked and cooked. It's not going to have absolutely everything and everything's not going to work absolutely perfectly from day one. So I say all that to say, if you're creating in a desktop environment and using Cakewalk on a PC or using Personas' Studio One, which is a great option, maybe you're a Pro Tools user. Maybe you still think that unless you're using Pro Tools, you're not actually a serious music creator. All of that is fine. And if that's working for you, 
keep creating music. But you know what? I've said this before. I've I've watched a lot of the uh, the the great creators. Um, I, I subscribe to. I'm blanking on the name of it. It's the masterclass, is what it's called. I subscribe to masterclass, and the reason I do that is I love watching professionals at the top of their game tell you about their craft. And here's the thing: Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine, and uh, Hans Zimmer amazing creator and, and composer, Batman, the Simpsons movie, a bunch of really cool stuff. They all say the same thing, which is that they're aware that the next person that's going to be doing what they're doing is probably sitting there on their laptop or sitting there on their iPad right now. And they have the confidence to say, I'm doing this thing and I'm good at it, but they don't spend any time pushing the people around them down. They don't say, oh no, no one's as good as me. The ego comes from folks that have low self-esteem, which sounds weird, doesn't it? But folks that actually are really great creators, really great musicians, really great top-of-their-game professionals in any field, go to Masterclass, look and, look and watch and, and interact with any of those, any of those courses, Daniel Negreanu on poker. Daniel Negreanu doesn't really care about you. I mean, apart from Phil Hellmuth, who he likes to, to kind of bait, but that's just for, for humor. But all these people... They don't need to go around saying, I'm the king of the world, I'm the greatest, I'm doing all these great things, because they're just doing it. They're letting their work do the talking. And that's what I think about when it comes down to using a desktop or using a, a mobile device, is that if you're using a desktop and you're creating good work, A, you're so busy you don't have time to engage in all these forums, and B, you're letting your music, you're letting your creations do the talking. You don't need to do any of it. And yeah, if you... If you are concerned, say you're out there on a, on a forum, you're jumping on the Logic Pro users group in Facebook. I, don't, I know there's a bunch of them, so I'm not going to single one out. But you're on a group and someone's on there and they're, they're, they're the one that's always commenting. They've always got something negative to their, they say. And they'll always use words like, oh, I've got, I've got 20 years as a professional producer experience and I've got $30,000 worth of outboard gear in my studio and I've been, I, get, I charge $300 an hour for anyone to set foot in my house. Anyone that says any of that is not actually a professional. They're not actually at the top of their game because if they really were, people would be coming to them. They'd be working with so many great artists that they wouldn't have the time. They wouldn't be sitting on Facebook groups. They wouldn't be sitting on any of the forums with names that I don't like to say, just sprouting off how good they are because they're too busy and they're too busy making stuff and creating. So... Whenever you see someone having these arguments, take it with a grain, shaker, mound, sea of salt, because, yeah, they're, they're not the folks that you think they are. They're hiding their insecurity and their low confidence and their low self-esteem behind big ego bravado statements. All right. So what about mobile creators? What about us poor second-class citizen mobile creators? What do we do wrong? Well, we, we have a little bit of the smug about us sometimes. I know, I'm sorry, but you know that I'm right, right? You know, you've been there as well. You've been there where you're like, well, <laughs> it's, it's lovely that you spent all that money and time building up that collection of obsolete analog gear when I can buy an app that does the same thing for $9.99 and put it on my iPad. I mean, not all of us, but... You know that some of us are doing that sometimes, right? Self-included. I've often said that, you know, people need to get on board. This is the way of the future. This is where we're going. Look, it's not. It is, but it's not. It's an option. And it's it's lowered the barriers. And see, this is a problem. You know, the people I said before that were like the people with the low self-esteem, the low confidence and the big egos, 
they're a bit worried. They won't tell you, but they're a bit worried because they're seeing that a kid that can go out there now and buy the latest iPad for $449 with an A15 chip in it and put Logic Pro on it and now be creating music using a professional DAW and potentially making beats more fire than theirs. And people aren't liking that. People don't like that. But by the same token, we need to take a look at ourselves on the on the mobile creating side. And look, I, I consider myself both. I do more mobile creation these days simply because it's it's my niche. It's what I do. I've been working in GarageBand for iOS for seven plus years on this channel and I've been loving it. Every time I go back to GarageBand, it feels like I'm home and I'm hoping that Logic Pro on iOS will feel the same sort of way. But the, the jury's out. We'll see what happens with that. But we do also need to respect. It's kind of like, I wrote a song about this once where uh, I talked, it's called New Day. And I actually talked about the fact that we need to understand and respect the things that have happened in the past, take the best parts of that, and then turn it into what we do moving forward. And it's a good metaphor, if I do say so myself, yes, patting myself on the back very hard today, it's starting to hurt. But it's a good metaphor for what I think Logic Pro on iPad and what iPad and mobile creation in general can do and will do moving forward. And that is that it's going to, it's going to be different, but it's going to hopefully take all the learnings, all the best things that we've got out of other platforms and other systems and what we've learned from analog, what we've learned from desktop, and then make something that's going to work for the next generation of creators who are not really going to be that fussed about the flashing bells and whistles. I mean, some still will, but some won't. Like very few creators these days are working out of the box and are worrying about having the the actual 1176 compressor, the real piece of kit sitting in the rack and spending thousands of dollars on it when they can get a plug-in that does kind of the same thing. So I think we're going down that uh, that way and not necessarily just younger creators, but creators that like the mobile lifestyle as well. Because again, it is about a lifestyle. The, the one thing that you can't really do if you've got a setup like we've talked about with a bunch of drives connected and outboard gear connected and big monitors is take that on the road. Yeah, sure, if you've got a laptop set up with a dock, you can pull that and then you can go out with it, but everything changes as soon as you pull it out of there. And you can make the same argument about the iPad. If you pull that up, you know you don't have the same things connected to it. But fundamentally, because of the touchscreen concept, you've got your screen and you've got your interface there with you all the time. Last thing, or one of the last things I really wanted to talk about was around that difference. So again, one of the reasons that we get a little bit smug, and I've seen this in the in the arguments, and they are arguments or or heated debates, conversations lately online about the difference between desktop and mobile creating, is as mobile creators, we're very defensive about all the things you can do. As soon as someone says, oh, but I like to use a keyboard and mouse, we're like, but, 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 but you can. You can use a keyboard and a mouse on your mobile device. And you can, of course you can. It's not exactly the same. Like it doesn't, you don't have all the same keyboards and all the same shortcuts. If you're using things like the, the magic keyboard or a keyboard case on an iPad, you won't have a numpad and numpads can be important in things like logic for different, um, for different shortcuts. Your mouse, you don't have all complete control because the mouse is really just a glorified finger. Yeah, you can do a lot of stuff with it, but it's basically just a finger, whereas a right click, a center click, uh, you've got side clicks, you've got scroll wheels, you've got a lot of things what you can use a mouse for on a desktop as well. So, and same with drives. So yes, you can attach an SSD storage, but if you've used the Files app on iOS or iPadOS lately, uh, yeah, it ain't no Windows File Explorer and it ain't no Finder on Mac. It's, uh, it's, it's its own beast and managing samples and managing sample packs in mobile desktop 
at audio workstations is quite different to managing those same things on a desktop. It is definitely more streamlined. And look, it'll get there. It's improving. It's getting better, but it's different. It's still different and it's not quite as good. Same with all your gear that you, you hook up. Yes, I've got right now plugged into my iPad. I've got a Steinberg UI22C interface. I can plug in a microphone. I can plug in a guitar. I've got a powered USB hub there. I can plug my MIDI keyboard in there. I can plug in a thumb drive. I can plug in an SSD drive. I can plug in an external adapter that's going to send the video out to HDMI so that I can make my videos that I do here on the channel. All of that is true. All of that is the case but it's still just a little bit clunkier. I'm going to be very honest because the difference between my Mac Mini that has ports where I just plug it in and I'm off to the races versus my iPad where I live the dongle life, it's just a little bit different. Having one port versus having five or 10 or 20 ports on your, your desktop or your laptop is still different, but it's okay if it works for you, which brings me to my final point. This is like the Jerry Springer, may he rest in peace, final. This is my final thought on this which I've already alluded to. No, I haven't alluded to. I've outright said it. You do you. At the end of the day, the important thing is that you, as a music creator, and I'm assuming you are, otherwise I'm not quite sure why you're here. Maybe you just like the sound of my voice, in which case, thank you. You're awesome. But you do you. If you're creating your best music and you're happy with what you are using and it's working for you, you're done. You're golden. Keep doing it. I know people that are using Pro Tools rigs from 20 years ago because it works for them. They know exactly how it works. They know all the keyboard shortcuts. Sure, their keyboard's full of cat hair and they've got dust bunnies coming out the back of their computer and it'll probably fry one day. But everything is working for them and there is a certain amount of if it ain't broke. Now look, if there's something new and shiny and you want to go check it out, I'll be right there with you. And I'll see if it works for me. And if it does, great. And if it doesn't, oh well. No harm, no foul. I go back to it. And this is the way I'm approaching Logic Pro. Logic Pro won't be for everyone. Mobile creating is not for everyone. Neither is desktop creating. Some people just want a four-track tape machine. and That's okay. If you're making your best music, that's 100% okay. But the way I'm going to look at this moving forward is... I originally started with desktop recording, you know, I, I used Reaper on my PC, I thought it was good, but it didn't gel with me, and it wasn't until I used uh, GarageBand on an iPhone and an iPad, and I used that touchscreen interface, and it was much, much simpler, did I actually go, ah, this is what I've been looking for, this is what works for me, and every time someone leaves a comment, or sends me an email, or sends me a message and says, you're wrong, I kind of have to say, I'm wrong for you but you're wrong for me. It's, it's different because everyone is different. No two people are not on fire, a strong man once said. No two people are the same. So you're going to have differences and that's okay. And choice is amazing. Choice is what makes the world go around. The fact that you can choose to use a PC, you can choose. So if you're Fred and you're using a PC, if you're Harry and you're using a Mac, or if you're Denise and you're using an iPad, or guess what? If you're Tobias and you're using an Android phone for an S9 from 10 years ago, and you're making cool fire beats, more power to you. So my way moving forward is to keep my eyes open, look around at what's new, try it out. If it works for me, maybe I adopt it and I move on and I use that. If it doesn't, maybe I go back. I tried Cubasis 3. I kind of liked it, but I preferred GarageBand. I tried Aurea Pro. Kind of liked it, preferred GarageBand. I tried going back to the Mac, GarageBand Mac, Logic for Mac. 
they were good, but most of my creating still on GarageBand on my iPad because that's what works for me. So find what works for you. Create, record, and release your best music. Try to resist the urge to be either too smug or too angry when it comes to other folks. And remember that everyone is different and you do you. But do you have a different opinion? Do you think that you shouldn't do you? Do you think you should do someone else? Which sounded better in my head than it did coming out. Whatever your opinion is, I would love to hear from you, honestly, even if it differs from mine, because that's choice too. I'd be a hypocrite to say you do you, but please have the exact same opinion as me and please don't say that I'm wrong or that you disagree with any statement that I made. That is going to do it though for this week's Studio Live Today podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget you can head to studiolivetoday.com slash podcast to subscribe. Please leave a review or leave a rating on your podcast player. If you're watching on the YouTube video, I would love for you to hit the little thumbs up button down below. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. And remember that everything to do with Studio Live Today is at our one-stop shop. Simply go to studiolivetoday.com. As we say at the end of everything we do around here, there's a few words that I wanted to say to you. Please be kind to yourself, be kind to others, keep creating on whatever platform you choose, and I'll see you next time on the Studio Live Today podcast.